that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Welcome to Love Lighthouse podcast and the broadcast for today. I am recording this on Sunday, folks. I had a call in the spirit to come off for four days um, and I assumed I had pretty much the entirety of those four days covered. Now, um, uh, yeah, so <clears throat> I did to some extent, but anyway, um, it was a case of not even going on, even though I really want to, it's really easy to, etc, etc. But it was a call in the spirit just to really kind of take that time um, more to myself and um, to do whatever kind of prayer work I needed to do. And that was something that came up again today in church, talking about that prayer. Um, so I'm recording this on Sunday, but this is going to be for Monday the 24th I would take it then therefore I am not sure if I've actually already got another part um, of recording for this but I will add in as and when so let's get down to this and let's talk about prayer and what came up today there is a way to pray but I'm sure some of you will have heard that I have noticed in the Holy Spirit that there is a new way to pray as well. So I tend to link up with the traditional aspects and I will then couple that with what I feel is right in the Holy Spirit, where I've been led in the Holy Spirit um, in that new way because that's what we're called to do. We're called to keep to tradition but we're also called to reform, to change, to, to improve and as we know Christ gave a version of prayer when he had fallen to the version of human but now he gives us the holy spirit so we're able to do so much more once we get that holy spirit so the prayer that is aligned with the holy spirit and you'll even hear that saint francis or um sorry pope francis um has said i'm calling a saint already anyway Pope Francis has already said something about this as well, that he's in agreement with this, so I know that it's meant to be. Okay, so, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you for giving us this day our daily bread, and for forgiving us as we forgive each other. Thank you for leading us not into temptation, but delivering us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. All right. So there you can see if it wasn't his kingdom that we were operating in, if we weren't at one with the Holy Spirit, we wouldn't be able to say that. We would be in the old version that Jesus was in before he ascended but now he's ascended and he gives us this holy spirit so we know more <laughs> i'm giggling away to myself i can see folk giggling through um in the church hall i've said out with the church doing this and 
I am going to still continue on, but it just made me kind of feel like giggling as well because here I am speaking like this because we've got to reform. We've got to move forward. We can keep tradition, but we have to move forward and improve as well. We have to. And you will find it's easy as long as you accept the Holy Spirit. If you reject the Holy Spirit, you won't know what I'm talking about. You'll just be reading scripture and that's all you'll know verbatim. You won't understand the power of the Holy Spirit to elevate. Um, and to create a new and how to go through with all of this. Now, I mean, even I keep to some of the traditions, so I'm not completely reformed in that way. I still say, as um, we were talking about today, it's a little bit more of the St. Matthew as opposed to the St. Luke version of prayer in many ways. But there's parts of it that are changed. For example... <clears throat> Thank you. So there's a lot more thanksgiving because we should be in thanksgiving, not just give us. We've already been given. So we need to be more faithful and and not ask for it like those fathers in the desert, uh, in the wilderness who are asking, you know, just waiting for manna, relying on that in that way. We already have been given. We're not that unfaithful to request it as if we haven't already been given it and we're not going to do that verbatim just because it is written in a very fallen state where Christ came down to to earth now that Christ is risen we're able to have communion with the Holy Spirit and we're able to take things forward so we must do that as we are led we must be obedient and because of that I have to do that now is it a mental inability for people if they can't understand the Holy Spirit if they can't move forward and they can't reform. To a certain extent, yes, it can be a mental difficulty, it can be challenging and people may be stuck in their ways because they don't have faith. Faith has to come from the Spirit and that faith working forward into our mental state gives us mental health. So thanks to God, I have a great mental health and I'm able to move through in the flow with the Holy Spirit and make these changes as necessary. So I'm very, very clear and clean and free-flowing with that Holy Spirit, a good mental space and good mental health. But that's because of my obedience. If I were to reject Christ, I would have very poor mental capacity because when you reject, what happens is Christ denies you. So if I wasn't obedient to that call to change that, to make those changes, I would be very mentally ill. So yes, people will suffer very bad mental problems if they don't move forward in this. This is just the way. Um, Can they find peace with that? I really don't know. I think a lot of people might be quite burdened unless they move through in the way. But again, each person has to come to that point because we all have the ability to give obedience, but we also have our own free will as other people do as well. And if they just hear a group and they want to go with a group of what people are always doing, that's going to keep them enchained to the demonic or the devil, that realm. That is going to um, be to their own demise. But, you know, There's nothing that God can't save people from, but it just means that there's going to be consequences. So, of course, God can save people out of these kind of different chains, even once that he bound people in to a certain extent, you might say. But he can loose them. That is 
that is what we have as the power of the church. So anything is possible, but it just means there will be consequences when we're not obedient. So I'd rather have good consequences, good spiritual, mental health, and really good physical health as well, because every single type impacts the other, doesn't it? All right. Because if you know, oh, I shouldn't be saying that, like, I know the Holy Spirit working through me would have me say something else like what I've done. I've just gone ahead and said what needs to be said and from the Spirit into um, speech. Now, if you don't do that, think of it. All of a sudden you have this tension between the Spirit of God calling you on and then your mental space because you're not doing it in the flesh you're not doing what you're being called to so that creates a type of attention and that creates disharmony mentally emotionally and even physically because all of a sudden if you have tension in your mind mentally because you're not going with that um, obedient spirit and obedient heart and moving and flowing through easily in faith then you are going to suffer consequences like say a migraine that's something that you might associate more normally with something where there's a tension between the <clears throat> what you're actually thinking you need to do and then what you actually do. So there we have it. Um, that's just a little bit of a, a link there. Um, perhaps for some, a reminder. Perhaps for others, a huge realisation. Again, it depends what level you're coming at uh, to this in terms of understanding. So that's the start of our day for Monday. I haven't even looked at the liturgy for today. Um, let me see. And I haven't even moved off from church yet. Isn't that interesting? Okay, let's see. So Monday is a day where um, our church is actually closed um, here locally. But it's also a very important day. And of course, the churches in the actual main cities will definitely be um, observing this. It's the feast day of St. James the Apostle for Monday the 25th of July. And we have 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 to 15. Such an overwhelming power comes from God and not from us. We are only the earthenware jars that hold this treasure to make it clear that such an overwhelming power comes from God and not from us. We are in difficulties on all sides, but never cornered. We see no answer to our problems, but never despair. We have been persecuted, but never deserted, knocked down, but never killed. Always, wherever we may be, we carry with us in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus too may always be seen in our body. Indeed, while we are still alive, we are consigned to our death every day for the sake of Jesus, so that in our mortal flesh the life of Jesus too may be openly shown. So death is at work in us, but life in you. But as we have the same spirit of faith that is mentioned in Scripture, I believed and therefore I spoke, we too believe and therefore we speak. Knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus to life will raise us with Jesus in our turn and put us by his side and you with us. You see, all this is for your benefit, so that the more grace is multiplied among people, the more thanksgiving there will be to the glory of God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
that was um, from Corinthians, as you know. So that was from St. Paul speaking these words to us that death works in them, but life in us. Now, both are working simultaneously in many different ways. And that even so is a type of a form of attention in and of itself. It is the ascension point. It's progression and working through different pieces of our lives, which we need to. I liken that type of ascension, you know, the dying to oneself and then the ascending, the life and the fullness of life like this. Going in to swim in the water recently, I was going in when it was easeful to do so, when it was warm and it was sunny. But then I was getting callings to go in when it wasn't so warm and sunny and sometimes it wasn't so peaceful and calm. Sometimes I had to go further out to meet the sea. So a part of me, from what I was used to, this real comfort of enjoying the sea in a warmer weather day, had to die in some respects so that I could surrender and open up to the new type of way that I was going to experience the sea, that I was going to experience life in an elevated state with a new confidence for things that I might not have had the same level of comfort for, like a cooler sea at first or a choppier, rougher sea at first as opposed to that of a cam sea. I had to let that aspect of comfort for that one type of being, that one type of temperature, that one type of um, way that the sea could be to accept a new way. And from there, I was able to grow. From there, I was able to achieve more and I was able to become even more alive in my confidence and my zeal in everything that I required. I learned that through running backwards and forwards, building up the the heat or the warmth within myself, with continuing on with my breath work, my breathing, um, so that I would relax into it, I was able to defeat that first sort of initial feeling of uncomfortableness that may be associated with that growth, that learning of something new, something not very comfortable. So to die to that or allow that part of ourselves to be surrendered so that we can level up is something that we are called to do in life. And that very much is linked with that swimming idea. Um. <clears throat> I had to let other things go as well. I had to surrender the the fact that sometimes there are jellyfish in the sea. Sometimes we don't know what's in the sea. When I went out into the sea, I could see there were little flat fish and I'm like, I'm okay with that. But it wasn't until I got out quite a bit further, I ended up walking past and underneath my foot, how on earth this happened, I don't know, But there was this wiggling going on and I was like all of a sudden, oh my literal goodness. It was like the wiggling that a flatfish does. But this flatfish seemed to have so much power that it seemed so so much bigger than those little flatfish that I had seen earlier on. This is like a big one underneath my foot. I was like, oh my goodness. So 
I had to drop a few different things in order to be able to even have that experience in the first place. I had to also even surrender that experience so that I could go in again and have new life, a new creation, a new experience in the sea. I didn't just draw back, as it is said in the Bible, the Lord takes no joy in those who draw back in fear. It's the same thing. So I had to let these things go. I had to surrender them. I had to let my feelings about them perhaps die. Like, you know, oh my gosh, what if this, what if that? Because if I didn't, if I always thought about, oh my gosh, that was a bit of a strange situation with that fish underneath my foot, or that was a bit of a strange situation with the jellyfish there, or don't know what might happen, you know, when the waves are coming in and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, it might be easy to think, well, we don't know what's going to be in that water and what might kind of come forward from it, especially if it's coming in quicker towards us and all this. So... These different feelings, thoughts, ideas, very, very, very much, you would say quite logical, absolutely logical in every way to have these thoughts and feelings, but they needed to be let go of so that more faith could be in the unknown and what would happen in this new situation with all these possibilities in a new type of way that the sea was behaving in front of me as I was entering into this sea. So... Beautiful, such a great example. Um, let's move on to the next, and it's the responsorial psalm. Those who are sowing in tears will sing when they reap. When the Lord delivered Zion from bondage, it seemed like a dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter. On our lips, there were songs. Those who are sowing in tears will sing when they reap. The heathens themselves said, what marvels the Lord worked for them. What marvels the Lord worked for us. Indeed, we were glad. Those who are sowing in tears will sing when they weep. Deliver us, O Lord, from our bondage as streams in dry land. Those who are sowing in tears will sing when they reap. Those who are sowing in tears will sing when they reap. They go out, they go out full of tears, carrying seed for the sowing. They come back they come back full of song, carrying their sheaves. Those who are sowing in tears will sing when they reap. Alleluia, alleluia, I chose you from the world to go out and bear fruit, fruit that will last, says the Lord. Alleluia. And the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 20, verses 20 to 28. Can you drink the cup that I am going to drink? The mother of the sons of Zebedee came to Jesus with her sons to make a request of him and bowed low and he said to her, What is it you want? She said to him, Promise that these two sons of mine may sit one at your right hand and the other at your left in your kingdom. You do not know what you are asking, Jesus answered. Can you drink the cup that I am going to drink? They replied, We can. Very well, he said. You shall drink my cup. But as for seats at my right hand and my left, these are not mine to grant. They belong to those to whom they have been allotted by my father. When the other ten heard this, 
they were indignant with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to him and said, You know that among the pagans the rulers lord over them, and their great men make their authority felt. This is not to happen among you. No, anyone who wants to be great among you must be your servant, and anyone who wants to be first among you must be your slave, just as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, with regards to this, um, we can really see that indeed, of course, St. James was able to drink of that cup and did. And the thing is, we must all be able to have that zealousness. We must all be able to do that. We must all say yes and surrender to what Jesus wants for us to do. This is the cup that we're meant to drink of. Um, not the cup of wrath, that's very important. Very important. But now that Jesus has ascended, he gives the Holy Spirit and that is the cup that we are really drinking from. Now, there are many ways in which people will view that or understand it or not, but that really is what we are meant to be doing. Perhaps that's a little bit different from what um, James and John anticipated, but indeed they were able to do it. So we should reverence these saints. We should really give thanks for these saints because they are truly heroes. So thank you so much to our St. James, whose um, feast day is today, the Apostle St. James. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Caught in a trap, I can't walk out.